Hello, and welcome back to the Sam and Matt Antics Podcast. He's Matt. I'm Sam. He, just like everything else in the world, has been replaced by a robot, an AI computer, and I have not. And that's just the way it is. Ah. Oh. <laughs> that sounded more like an orgasm sound. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Hang on, I got this. This is going to happen. Ha 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 Jim. Jim? Jim. Who's <laughs> Jim? I don't know. Oh, Sakura. Oh. That was awful. That was uh, interesting, Matt. In I case... won't lie to you. Ah, oh, here we are. Uh, episode 62. I. Yes. Yes. I was not here for 60, though we did one for 61, and this is 62. And that's just the way it is. That's how you count. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sagora, we've just been uh, we've just been talking off uh, off recording there about mm. the prospect of possibly me having COVID again. Yes, um, yes. And how did this come about? How did you come to the realization, Matt? Well, I had McDonald's for dinner today because uh, I quite fancied a burger, and uh, it arrived, and I couldn't taste any of it. <laughs> God. So we know what that means. Oh. So maybe we could do on the podcast a live test and then wait a half an hour and then do a live test result. I don't want you to I don't want to hear you gag though. You're gonna to have to do it off mic. I don't gag when I do them. Oh. Because I've got the ones that you don't have to shove it down your throat. Oh that's right. Hmm. There we go. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Maybe maybe we'll do that in my section. Uh but in the meantime, Sagrobo, mm. how the devil have you been, Sausage? I've been good this week. It's been uh, busy at work, obviously, because we work in logistics, and yeah. it's been terrible weather this week, in case you haven't noticed. Um, and other than that, not a lot. I've been enjoying the World Cup, Mad Eye. Obviously, that's started now. I've been enjoying yeah. watching uh, a couple of games day and catching the highlights and things um some big shocks as usual but it's been yeah it's been good to actually watch a full tournament and i went out and watched the england game the other day i just felt it just felt good to sort of almost not as almost as if covid didn't exist if like but just it feels now like this is the first time for example that i've been in a pub where i've struggled to get to the bar because there's that many people there if that makes sense my so... idea of hell absolute hell oh yeah it's awful it's yeah. awful i stood there for 20 minutes just trying to get to the front of the queue it's it's, it's terrible it's oh, terrible that's a joke that i would just go home i would just go home uh did you watch england versus the usa i did i did that was where i was watching um I watched that one in the pub because obviously it was after work and awful game. Oh, fucking atrocious! Genuinely, <laughs> genuinely a terrible, terrible game. But I had really good catch up with the people that I went to watch the game with because they're not people I see all the time because I don't work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but honestly, Matt Dyer, I just feel a renewed love of men's football watching this because I. As you know, I go and watch women's football all the time. 
and I'll go watch them live. I went to um, the Emirates Stadium last week, um, which is Arsenal's home ground. And ah, yes, the love of your life scored the winner, didn't she? And she came and ran and celebrated in front of me, my dear. And she did. Oh. I saw the whites of her eyes, and I... Yes, I was in heaven. <laughs> I was in heaven. Oh, for God's sake. Um, but women's football, I love watching, not just because, obviously, like the women... Um, and so just as in the same way I don't watch men's football just for the men it's just women's football is so much more there's more tactics at play rather than just using you know the, the like you look at France for example with Mbappe and you look at Brazil with like Neymar and it, the, the players that just get the ball and hold on to it and it's more of a team sport um, watching women's football and the atmosphere there's no idiots sort of swearing and screaming and there's no it's a more racist... family yeah yeah exactly orientated. yeah and i've honestly i love watching that's why i love what one of the reasons why i love watching women's football um but yeah so renewed like watching uh, men's football which is always good opposed to just a break. quick Quick message to our uh, our American listeners because we do have quite a few. Mm. Um, it's it's football, not soccer. So, yes, it is. Um, mm. National Football League is when you throw around your pigskin, and football. Football is when you kick around a uh, well ball with your foot. Hence the name football. Rather than American football, which is you're throwing something. Yeah, they also call it football in every other country in the world. Yeah. yeah so yeah. that kind of gives an indication. But anyway, let's not get bogged down with who's right and who's wrong, i.e. we are right. What's that line from Matilda? You're going in the chokey? No. <laughs> you kinky bastard. No, um, the where he's like, well, the, the dad's like, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm big, you're small, and there's nothing you can do about it. I haven't watched Matilda in a very long, many years ago, so I can't remember if I'm going to be honest. Okay, well, uh, Sounds Matt, like how have you been this week? How have you been this week? Oh, Sakroba. I didn't feel very well. The mm. last few days, um, and hating work as normal. So, yeah, that the same as always, really. <laughs> yeah, I literally really haven't done really anything um, since we last recorded. It, it, I've been down to see my family and my brother because it was his sixteenth birthday. Um, God, I always forget that he's now, yeah, 16, that's, that makes me feel old. Well, because you're 27, Sakura. Okay, all right, all right, whoa, 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 don't be so loud with that. Matt died, I woke up and chose violence. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, just... Plodding along, really. I really recently. This sounds really horrific. Sorry, I was are you, sorry. Yawning. Are you yawning? Yeah, I was yawning. Sorry. Sorry, uh, keeping you up, are we? Yeah, you are. Um, I've recently 
really been getting into murder and crime documentries. Is um, that, uh, why, why is that, Brad Dyer? Well, for obvious reasons, because we have a sister podcast now, uh, as we alluded to last week, uh, the Murder Lee Wrote podcast. Um, and uh, basically what happens is when I record with my cousin, uh, after we've recorded the episode, I then go away and then watch a documentary on it just to like sort of close out that week, if you like, of mm. of research and things. So um, episode one, which is already out, that was the murder of Holly Wells and Jessica Chapman. Um, I watched a, there's a two-part documentary that I watched uh, Wednesday and Thursday of this week. Mm. Um, that was terrifying. And uh, the week before that, I watched a documentary on the murder of James Bolger, and that was the second episode, which has just come out this week. Um, and then we've also recorded, obviously, the third episode, which will be released next week. And I'm not going to tell you what that was on, Sakura, but uh, we had a geography teacher by the same name, so that's all I'll say. I won't spoil it for everyone, but yes, I think I know exactly because I remember. Didn't this incident occur when he was actually teaching us or just after yes yes it did uh, <laughs> i should just clarify to everyone we're not talking it. about the same person they are two separate people just with the same name it was very unfortunate timing let's just put it that way i mean we called it to him to his face and he didn't really mind so <laughs> if i'm being honest though i don't think he understood what the hell was going on no i don't either. half the time um he looked actually quite similar to him as well which was Yes. Anyway, um, and then next week's we're recording is a little mini special episode. Um, and that is to do with a subject very close to my heart. But I won't spoil that because that's two episodes away at the time of recording. So, other than that, yes, I am okay. Okay, not brilliant. Potentially with COVID. Yes. You're potentially riddled with it. And now it's time to pass over to a man who is about to do a COVID test live and then tell us some funny stories. Might I please take it away? Hello, everybody, and yes, you are joining me while I'm doing a COVID test live because I've started on top of the uh, not being able to taste my food when I was eating it. I'm now getting a bit sniffly, uh, which is not good news. So you just have to excuse me for just two seconds while I do the COVID test. So I thought what I'd do is I'd do it. If you've all forgotten what COVID tests were like, I thought we'd do a... a <laughs> A live COVID test, Sigourney. For some people, it's been a while. So what I've got here is I've got the, the test kit where you don't have to put it in your mouth. You just put it up your nose. Very good. So please excuse me momentarily for 10 seconds while I shove this thing up my nose. That is literally the most fucking horriblest thing ever, honestly. 
This is a fun podcast, isn't it, Sagora? Yeah, I thought what? my days of listening to you do a COVID test were over, but apparently <laughs> not. What a world we live in. And I'm just doing it. I know that, you know, COVID is now part of like a flu thing. And, you know, if you've got it, you can still go. Out. I'm just doing it so I know if I've got it or not. I'm still going to have to go to work because I don't get paid if Rules I don't go changed. to work. So, uh, you know, but, you know, it's just uh, it's just good to know, isn't it, really? Yeah, this will be the second time this year I have it, though, which is, you know, not ideal. This is the last thing you expect when you go to work in the morning, Sigoro. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just perpetting. What a great word that is. Perpetting the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the juices. Oh, God. Into the uh, test strip. So I'm going to leave that there. And that's going to do its magic. And we're going to come back to that and do a live, um, you know, test result at the end or at the beginning of Sam's section. I've not quite decided what. Probably in the outro is a good idea. Yeah, we'll do it at the the end of the podcast. And it will be live. It will be an actual, you know, we're not making it up. Um, It will be a, a genuine genuine reaction but in the meantime Sagrawa, i've got two funny stories and one kind of wholesome funny story um to go through today so mm. one two or three which one would you like first uh one number one sakura and i love this headline the person that wrote this knew what they were doing Right. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Cock bridge sign nicked so many times that tamper-proof ones are being erected. Oh, <laughs> hey! In hell. Well played. Clap. That, that was me clapping, by the way. I bloody um, hope so. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting more and more sniffly as it goes along, so we're going to have to hurry this up. Yes. The Scottish village of Cockbridge has had enough of people stealing its suggestive signs. Now the local council in Aberdeenshire is working to erect tamper-proof place names to stop the scourge. Scourge? Scourge. S-C-O-U-R-G-E. So how do you pronounce that? Say that again. S-C-O-U-R-G-E. Scourge. That's the one. Naughty souvenir hunters have been rec- have regularly been targeting road signs and ironically those of the bizarrely named Lost officials say. Mm. The Hamlet, which come which came to fame with the help of late radio presenter Sir Terry Wogan, Gold Rest his soul, Sir Gold God. Rest his soul. What a legend. Uh, has also seen people with stickers plastering its sign with the eye-catching nature of the name. Or such is the eye-catching nature of the name. Apologies. Aberdeenshire Council has previously said it is disappointing that Cockbridge place names have been stolen and set about binding replacements. But those were stolen again last summer, and since then the settlement has not had a visible place name. Now the local authority wants to make it harder... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Cockbridge's signs to be stolen. Hey, 
these are just article man. They knew what they were doing. An Aberdeen Council spokesperson told The National, We are aware of the issues with this sign and are working to replace it using more robust tamper-proof fixings. The road, one of the highest in the UK, often disappears in the winter snow and is known locally as... What the fucking hell is word is this? The Lecht... L-E-C-H-T. Say that again. L-E... L-E-C-H-T. Lecht. What? Oh, okay. But around the county, country even, it is more infamous as the A39 Cock Bridge to (laughs) Tom... I don't... This is why I can't do Scottish (laughs) places, because I can't pronounce them. Tom Mintool. Tom Mintool. Okay. T-O-M-I-N-T-O-U-L. Yeah, Tom Mintool. All right, we'll go with that. Due to its height and exposed location, it is frequently closed during the winter. That surrender to stormy weather has earned the nine-mile stretch of road a place in Scottish folklore, particularly when paired with its rude name. Local councillor Jeeva Blackett said, Those signs continuously get targeted, as do a lot in my ward. The signs, of, the signs for lost. The signs for lost are continuing. See, I don't know what lost is, so I don't understand what they're referring to. But uh, the whole sentence here says, those signs continuously get targeted, as do a lot in my ward, the signs for lost. The signs for lost are continuously lost. Help. That's hell. What's going on? As in lost is a place. Is lost a place? Yes, in Scotland. Is it actually? Yeah, in Aberdeenshire. I just thought... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it is. (laughs) Sorry. Oh, fucking hell. What is going on? I thought they were talking about the TV programme. Why? That doesn't make any more. That doesn't make any sense. Well, I don't know. I haven't watched it. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, dear. Carry on, my dog. Carry on. Uh, last year, a motorbike riding fundraiser went on a tour of some of Britain's naughtiest street and place names. Paul Taylor began in Shitterton and travelled north to Twat, taking in Butthole Lane and Cox- Cockburn's Path among others, in memory of his best friend who died of cancer. Sorry, hang on. And that's the end of... of, That's that's the end. (laughs) His mate died of cancer, and he he thought, you know what, in honour of my friend, I'm going to get on my bike, and I'm going to go to the rudest place names in the world, such as Twat and Bumhole Lane. So, Gora, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. Mm. This is something that I think me and you would do if one of us passed away before the other. Hmm. Is that giving you ideas? <laughs> <laughs> no. But speaking of ideas, I've had a couple. Um so what we're saying is the cockamamie needs to end. Wow. The stretch of road is quite long. 
Are you finished? Uh, yeah, I'll stop. Excellent. So that was the story of the Cockbridge sign. Well, I hope that... Oh, yeah, no, there is one more. Uh, I think that the local authorities need to do more, and the current authorities they have in place need the sack. Fuck's sake, Sigor. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, anyway, Matt, I'll, I'll go for number three now, please. Number three? Mm. Number three is our wholesome funny story. Okay. And it's kind of similar to last week's one with the porridge. Um, this one is Mystery Saxophonist Woos Neighbours with Careless Whisper. There's a Canterbury crooner on the loose, a mysterious wannabe saxophonist. That's a saxophonist, even. Saxophonist. That's the one. Luring swooning residents to their open windows. Like a Pied Piper, the mysterious musician has been drawing in a fan club as he learns the timeless George Michael romantic classic. Oh, can't use that one in the... Uh, End of the uh, end of the podcast dramatic reading now, so we're all gonna have to change that. Yeah. Hmm. Leading one woman attempting to unmask the culprit. Lauren Gibbs first heard the sax- saxophone when she was out in her garden. At first, it was just scales, but everything changed when she was at her kitchen sink with gastrointestinal diabetes and suffering both the respiratory and gastro illness in the final trimester of her pregnancy. Yeah. That's, that's miserable, isn't it? Uh, Gibbs had been feeling utterly miserable. Well, you, I, you would, wouldn't you? Well, there you go. The last thing you expect when you're at the last trimester of your pregnancy, isn't it? Well, it really is. But then the Kaipole mum of one heard the first hesitant... The what? <laughs> Kai, let me, I can't even, let me put that in the thing. Hang on. Okay, hang on. How are you pronouncing that? Cowpole? Kierpoi? I have no idea. Let's just say cowpole because I can't pronounce it. But then the cowpole mum of one heard the first hesitant notes of a tune that was unmistakable to her ears, having always been a favourite. As George Michael's careless whisper progressed, Gibbs's mood lifted, leading her to thank the unwitting serenader on a community social media page. To the saxophone player in the Beach Grove subdivision, she typed, You've made my day today. Hearing you practice that song made me smile. Gibbs went on to urge the musician to keep going. And when you've mastered the song, please feel free to come to our window and serenade my family. Wanting to find out who was behind the lifting notes, Stuff, which is the New Zealand article I've got this from. I'm going to say because Kiapoi is a town in New Zealand. Is it? I take it. Well, hang on. They said Canterbury. It's in New Zealand. Oh, I thought Kent. I do apologise, Sigura. It's where my family's from in New Zealand, my dad. Oh. If you'll pardon the pun. Mm. 
<laughs> Staff investigated and found an unlikely source just one street away, a young tradie better known for picking up his tools rather than a musical instrument. Ethan Haynes decided to purchase a saxophone three months ago as a hobby and has been learning it ever since, although it's fair to say not all his flatmates find his efforts as amusing as Gibbs does. Um, and then it just keeps going on about, uh, yeah, about the saxophone. So there we go. That was a very nice story, that matter. That was, I do like a bit of Careless Whisper, Segura. You can't go wrong with a bit of George Michael, can you? Well, yeah, you bloody well can't, I tell you that much from now. That was, uh, do you remember when we used to watch EastEnders? That was our head's favourite, wasn't it? George Michael, that's why why she called her son George. That's a good memory you got there, man. It's very, yeah. R.F. R.F. and Shell. Shell! Wasn't it Ben Ben Mitchell that killed her? I I honestly thought you said, was it Ben Mitchell that knocked her up? No, it was Ben Mitchell that killed her, yes. Mm. The more you know. Um, There we go. We're We're left with one more, aren't we? We are left with one more. And I think this is going to be your favourite. So, Robert, this one is titled Dildos and Lube Left Scattered Over Motorway After Lorry Crash. Okay. I t- actually, yeah, carry on. The tagline is... I remember this. <laughs> the, the tagline is, uh, that'll plug up traffic for a while. Oh, <laughs> hey! Fucking hell. How do you, rec- how do you remember this, Sir Robert? Because this is from the, U- the USA. Because you, I'm, I'm 100% sure I've sent this into the group chat. Have you? I'm pretty have sure we? I sent it in. Have we? I'm pretty sure I sent it into the group chat. Like, I want to say, was it 2020? Oh, so I can't remember what I did five minutes ago. I don't even know who I Hello, welcome back! Uh, I don't even know who I am anymore. I need to get a Matt Dyer soundboard. That's what <laughs> <for> Christmas. <laughs> And then if I'm never not here, you could just do the whole podcast with a soundboard. Hello, welcome back. The more you know. Let's not get bogged down. <laughs> Last thing you expect when you go to work in the morning. <laughs> this is just so true. Oh, shit. I read that wrong. <laughs> that was uncalled for. <laughs> bear with me, Sagora. That's another one. Bear with. Bear with. Right, Sagora. Would you like to know about the dildo and lubes left on the motorway? I want to know who messed up my shipment and where they were, where, where they ended up. Well, Sakuba, a lorry crash in the US have left dildos and lube thrown across a motorway. The I-40 in Oklahoma, USA, was forced to close for several hours. It's like I'm reading... <laughs> just, it's like I'm doing the ITV news and like... <laughs> You know, the cam- camera camera one's panned round, and I'm, g- good evening. This is the headlines. A lorry crash in the US have left dozens of, d- oh, that's a tongue twister, <laughs> dozens of dildos. <laughs> All you need is like a little paper tap on the, on, the, on the table in front of you. Hang on, hang on. Before you do it. Tonight. <laughs> good evening. The I-40 in Oklahoma, USA, was forced to close for several hours after a lorry carrying boxes of dildos and lube crashed, scattering the sex-themed merchandise across the motorway. 
Fortunately, I bet Motris didn't love that. Oh, Sakura. No need, is there? Oh, but fortunately, just... no one was injured in the incident. But it was the goods the lorry had been carrying that quickly caught people's attention. In news coverage over the accident on KWTV News 9, reporter Jim Gardner can be heard saying, There's a semi that's overturned and lost its lord here. <laughs> that wasn't an American accent. I do apologize. I don't know what accent it was, but... I good. don't know. I, there was a semi that turned overturned and it's lost its lord here. There's semi overturned on R90. Yes, he really said that. Presenter Lacey Lowry then asks Gardner whether he can make out what it is that is all over the road. To which he awkwardly replies, Not really. Maybe you can tell. I can't tell. When the camera zooms in on the products, it becomes quite clear what they are. According to The Lost Ogle, which covers Oklahoma City's news, the crash happened near a major adult product-focused design distribution hub. As you'd expect, many rushed to the comments on the post to joke about the incident. One person wrote, that'll plug up traffic for a while. Another said, roads are slick, folks, traffic probably fucked for a while. And a third <laughs> quipped, Sending good vibes their way. And, uh, and that's the end, Sakura. So there Very we go. Good. That was the dildos and lube left scattered over motorway after Lowy crashed. Matt Dyer, BBC News, Oklahoma. Over to Sal Cropper with the sports. Well, thank you, Matt Dyer. So it's been a wild affair in the soccer. <laughs> and we've had... Two results in already, with Australia beating Tunisia 1-0 and Poland beating Saudi Arabia 2-0. And we've got one latest score, which is France 2, Denmark 1, with a Kylian Mbappe brace in dying moments. Madara? Yes? I would say over to Glenn with the weather, but uh, he's not here. So uh, how about we continue with the rest of the podcast? Yes, let's go to our next section. Well, before we pass over to Sal Cropper, um, let's do a quick check of the Matt Dyer COVID test, Sal Cropper. What are we thinking? I really want to say it's negative. Well, Sal Cropper, the results are in. And I can tell you. The result is negative. Hey, get in there, you bastard. So it might just be a common cold. It's really bad, though, because whenever you get a, like a common cold, flu, blah, 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 you do automatically just go straight to, is this COVID? Yes. Well, my friend came back from holiday last week, no, the week before, uh, with a cold. And his girlfriend, who he was also on holiday, with 
um, she caught COVID. So I was wondering whether there was a chance I would get it from him. Hmm. Remains to be seen, but in the meantime, let's not get bogged down with who's got COVID and who hasn't. We're going to go over to your section, and to do that, I can see you on the other other side of the uh, the lake there, just waving to you now. And um, to cross over to you, we're going to have to go over the Bridge of Banter. Actually, you're running away, so now we're going to have to go through the Forest of Funnery to get to you. But we've reached you. We're going to cross over to you in Storytime with Sam. That was very long-winded. That was I a lot of views there. I'm so sorry. Just carry pick, on. Pick a different vowel, Christ. <laughs> so, here we go. So, we're back with part five of the dollhouse at vanderley now this is the penultimate section which does matt dyer mean it might all be about to kick off well kick off it might so grow up so are you ready i am ready sausage so just to recap from last time they went down the dark, dark uh, alleyway, down some dark, dark stairs. And down the dark, dark stairs, there's a dark, dark... <laughs> <laughs> What program is that? I recognise it, but I can't remember it was, um, it was. A, it was in a program. Well, it did turn into program. Funny Bones? Funny Bones, yes. I think. I do remember it, yes. It was also a book which wasn't called Funny Bones. In the dark, dark house, there's some dark, dark yes. stairs. In the dark, dark stairs, there's a dark, dark dildo. Anyway. <laughs> Hell. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, they went in downstairs and they are trying to save uh, someone who has been uh, gruesomely attacked. Gruesome? Is this a gruesome tales for grizzly kids, Sigur? Other way around, that guy. Grizzly tales for gruesome kids. Ah, yes. Anyway, just crackle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So. Shards of mirror rain down on the brown carpet. Tiny fragments of glass whizzing past my feet like splintered missiles. The concealed room was covered in white tiles from floor to ceiling. With metallic shelves. Full of medical equipment lining the far walls. A basic wooden table stood against the wall that previously held the one-way mirror. A man in dark surgical scrubs scrambled to get up from his seat, grabbing a tinted visor mask and pulling it over his tiny balding head. He held up a gun and pointed at me with shaking hands. Stay back, stay back, bitch! He stammered as I gave a wry smile. It's odd to describe how little fear I felt in that moment. Not so long ago, I was all but certain that my life would end at the hands of one of these so-called hygienists. Now, I saw the man for what he really was. A pathetic waste of space. A scumbag that glazed over his many inadequacies by abusing and killing women all to feel an inkling of control over his worthless life. 
the man fired the gun and I zoned in on the blast. I wrapped my mind around all three bullets, reversing the trajectory of the shots. I toyed with the idea and shoving them up his ass, but I didn't have time to mess around. Ronnie and the girl needed me. So I did a quick job of reflecting the fire, aiming for the freak's visor mask. The bullets pierced it effortlessly, knocking the man back against the wall as his body collapsed to the ground. One down, but how many more to go? I turned to find Ronnie still hovering in the doorway, eyes lined with stress and concentration. The amputee in his arms wasn't heavy, not by a long shot. But I could see him straining to move his upper body as little as possible to prevent any further injury to her broken ribs. Let's go, Ronnie urged, padding along carefully as the girl winced from pain of the motion. What's your name? I asked her as we slowly made our way out of the room. Pixie, she said, in between painful gasps for breath. It was really hard to look at her. She looked so small and broken in Ronnie's big arms. The purple bruising on her milk-white skin, the splash of red seeping through her banded shoulder, the sickly yellow of her face. Pixie was a rainbow of agony. I couldn't even begin to imagine. I hoped with all my heart that she would survive this ordeal. It would be all worth it if she could make it out of here alive. My name is Lou, and this is Ronnie. We're going to get you out of here, okay? Pixie's head twitched in a feeble attempt at a nod. We had reached the second door down the corridor, and I blasted it open with a heavy sense of dread. Would there be another Pixie in that bed? It was empty. I closed my eyes and tried to focus. I had felt the man behind the one-way mirror when I was working on draining Pixie's darkness. It was a moment of hyper-awareness, much like touching the bullman statue in the entrance to the tunnels. A sense of perception that allowed me to sense and locate people and objects all around me based on their energy. I couldn't see their faces or even general outlines, but I could, I could feel their presence. Pixie had been dimmed, almost snuffed, like a snuffed out ball of light. The guy I had just killed was a tiny, impotent mass of grey. I let my mind wander through every room in the corridor. They appeared empty, but there was something more significant drawing my focus down below. Approximately five feet beneath us, there was an enormous swirl of darkness. The power of it tugged at me, pulling me down like a pin caught in a magnetic field. I tried to clear my mind of all desire to drop straight through the ground. I needed to concentrate. It wasn't one big mass. It was a grouping of many dark, what, orbs, maybe, entities? I tried to sift through the swarming chaos, but it was impossible to make so much sense of it. What was I looking for? I wasn't sure, but it felt important. Lou, Ronnie's voice urged, give me a minute. 
I responded, tensing to the point of a migraine. That final push was enough to give me what I was searching for. A hint of light. Small as a grain of sand in the sea of shadows. There's another girl. My mind snapped back to my surroundings. Ronnie had already progressed to the mouth of the tunnel with Pixie passed out in his arms. I jogged to catch up, and his expression grew more severe, but he didn't say anything. I took a deep breath and gathered my resolve. You have to go up without me. Luai, no, listen, I cut him off. You need to get that girl out of this hellhole. Ending her nightmare is the single most important thing we can accomplish. Then all of this shit would have been for something. The entrance to the tunnel loomed in sight. I changed over, Ron- over to Ronnie's left, ensuring I'd be as far as possible away from the statue. I didn't want to risk raising it and seeing more visions of the girls brutalised to death. Lou, this isn't about checking off a checklist. Our lives are on the line here if we split up. Ronnie clenched his jaw as he spoke, his voice so forcibly calm it made me shudder. You can't stop me, Ronnie. There's another girl down there, I'm sure of it. I need to help her. I stalled at the first step as Ronnie hasted up them. Taking advantage of Pixie's loss of consciousness to make as much progress as possible without hurting her. I was about to call out something, to promise I'd be there soon, to apologise perhaps. In the end, we parted in silence, with Ronnie focused on saving the girl, and me. What what the hell was I doing, actually? The moment my cousin's large frame slipped from view, I turned around and dashed down the tunnel to the left of the statue. It was a lot steeper than the previous one, but much the same otherwise. Hollowed out walls, lanterns every few feet. There were more turns going left and I had a vague feeling. I was quite literally spiralling downwards. Even then, I could sense something was wrong. Deep down, under the curiosity, under the genuine wish to save another victim, at the very core of my being, there was an all-encompassing sense of dread that grew with every step. The hairs on my arms stood on end. My body movements felt jerky and foreign. Minutes withered away in tortured anxiety before I slowed my pace, perceiving the end of the tunnel at the distance. It wasn't a door this time, just a subtle threshold into a larger, darker space. I hadn't paid much attention to the sound of my footsteps before, but now they seemed obnoxiously loud announcing my arrival to whatever laid within. The whole scene revealed itself soon enough. What I had mistaken for blackness was only a dense collection of the bottom half of the bull men's cloaks. As I entered the chamber, I found myself facing countless masked figures standing in a neat semicircle that obscured everything. Everything. 
but the cavernous ceilings above. Soft light flickered from somewhere beyond, sending tall shadows dancing at my feet. Beastly bronze masks poked out from every hood without so much a pair of holes for nostrils. They stood perfectly still, silent as tombstones in an abandoned graveyard. They had been waiting for me, and that much was obvious. Just as I was about to say something, every single one of them dropped to the ground in one swift practice motion. Bending their heads low, they began chanting the words, Mater Velorium, in a string of raspy low whispers. Behind them, I saw a familiar sight. It was blood rock, the slab of concrete that had come to me in flashes upon touching the statue at the foot of the winding staircase. Nearby, there was a large odorless fire burning in an urn. The rock itself held the emancipated beaten remains of another young woman. My heart dropped at the sight of her blood-soaked kinky hair. The deep gashes of red across her smooth brown skin. A faint pair of white slits suggested a set of eyes that would never open again. No, I felt angry. Tears just well in my eyes. She was just alive. I, I felt her. A masked figure directly across from me rose as the others continued singing their raspy, discordant chorus to the ground at my feet. He took a step towards me, removing the bull man mask. It was the man I'd seen leaving Vanderley mere hours ago. The poised gentleman who had me sliding down my car seat in fear of detection. The husband. Mr. Claymore. He was striking up close, his deep blue eyes invitingly playful as they locked onto mine with evident pleasure. His grey hair and beard shimmered in the firelight. The sharp edges of his cheekbones could have been chiselled by the old masters themselves, and even the few visible wrinkles only added to the harmony of his face. Much like the mask he had just removed, he only looked half human. The other half? That was something entirely ethereal. She is still alive, but only just. He spoke with assurance. We saved her for you, Lou. I didn't know what to make of these words. This meeting with my employer was no more pleasant than a giant spider crawling up my leg, and yet he commanded the space between us so entirely that I couldn't help but feel sucked in. Fighting the urge to engage, I pushed past him and ran over to the girl on the rock. I grabbed her hands, noticing the swollen bend of her left elbow where someone had broken her arm. Her physical body didn't respond to my touch as I plunged my thoughts deep into her core. I didn't think it possible. 
but she was even further gone than Pixie. There was so little of her light. And what was left was all but encapsulated in the darkness. And I had not faced it before. If I could compare it to anything, it would be the vast horizon of space with every star dimmed and swirling. Like a smothering pace of hot tar bubbling over. The remains of the girls' souls were drowning in it. Isn't it exquisite? A soft voice whispered in my ear. Mr. Claymore had followed me over. I felt his strong body through the fabric of his cloak as he leaned down at my side. His breath lingered on my neck, sending tremors through my legs. His words rooted me to the spot, leaving my body entirely at his disposal. Panic raced through my stiffened limbs. Where was my power now? I couldn't focus on anything but the sound of his voice. Finish her, Lou. He cupped my face in his strong but surprisingly soft hands. He turned my head to face him, running a finger over my chin, parting my lips. He drew in close and exhaled into my mouth. I breathed in his essence, letting it burn and mix with my own as it settled inside my chest. He was showing me what we could be together, proving the thing I had feared since stepping into Vansley House, the truth of my own wicked nature. No matter how much I tried to deny it, this, this was what I was designed to do. Killing the hygienists had felt good, but it only teased my appetite. Only through consuming light would I feel satisfied. Only with his help. I would be whole. Lou? A familiar voice floated above the chance of the bull men. It, it threatened my trance, endangered my desire. I wanted to give in to the pleasure of the darkness. I wanted to bathe in blood. I wanted to be taken by him, repeatedly. I wanted... Get away from her. Ronnie? Kill him, Mr. Camel commanded snapping me back to the harsh reality of the dim, grimy torture chamber, to my hands inching up the dying girl's neck. The three masked figures standing over Ronnie, chanting, Kido Lumen, as they beat him with bloodied rocks. Ronnie kicked and fought back as best he could, but it was no match for the practiced hands of the bullmen. One of them landed a fierce blow to my cousin's temple, causing him to collapse in a heap to the ground. No! I screamed, jumping to my feet, running towards Ronnie, as I wrapped my mind around all three men at once. I had knocked down doors. I had lifted a man above my head. I had stopped bullets midair. I should have been able to stop these arseholes easily. Swarmed in darkness, as I was, but the moment I zoned in on their arms, a loud siren started blaring from somewhere in my head, and it knocked me off balance. The frequency of the noise rid me of all five senses. 
leaving behind a pain so unbearable, I would have preferred instant death. Only no one had given me the choice. It was like a pincushion exploded inside of my head, needles through my eyes, wedged in my ears, jammed in my throat. Everything burned. Every orifice bled. The sound, oh, the fucking sound, it would not let up for an instant. I was all but ready to give in, thrashing and screaming. At that point, I would have ripped my own ears off if it meant I could make it stop. Then a different sensation started spreading from my palms and ankle. I felt warm tickles running up my arm and my leg, weaving and dashing through, though tra tracing invisible patterns on my skin. Wherever the warmth spread, relief followed. Eventually, it spread to my head. I felt a swelling at the base of my eardrum, sort of like a growing mass. The faster it grew, the less I heard. The quieter it got, the less pain I felt. Soon my mind was shrouded in a silence so complete that only a full loss of hearing could hope to explain it. This time, find your light. I am with you. Mrs. Claymore's voice rang through my thoughts as I opened my eyes. And there we go, Mada. Man, it's got, it got very dark all of a sudden, Sir Grover. It's all kicked off, that's it's, for sure. It has kicked off, like you said it would. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, we have to wait till next week now, but I mean, that was quite... Um, it was quite something, Sir Grover. Indeed it was, indeed it was. So next I'm week enjoying it. Sorry. Yeah, so it's a good it's it's a good uh it's good pace good to it, song. I think, is mm. is the main thing, isn't it? Yes. So we will catch the last I was gonna say episode no, the last chapter next week. And I for one cannot wait. And that is nearly all we've got time for this week. Oh shit, I haven't found a song. You twat. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I, got, I got one, I got one, I got one. Okay, carry on, carry on. Uh, well, yes, it's that time of the podcast again, where I do a dramatic reading of a popular song. And this time, Sagora, this time is like every other time as well. I've got a song. <laughs> Okay, very good. <clears throat> Would you dance if I asked you to dance? Or would you run and never look back? Would you cry if you saw me crying? Would you save my soul tonight. And it just goes on and on and on, Sagora. Uh, 
and that is the Enrique Iglesias classic hero. What an absolute banger. It's an absolute tune, Sagora. An oh. absolute tune. And with that, though, that really is all we have time for this week. But if one week is too long to wait for you to get your semantics fix, Madaya is here with how you can get it. Uh, help. Um, uh, just type it in Google. <laughs> <laughs> you can no, Sagora. You can go to our Instagram page, which is at Samama Antics. You can go to our TikTok page, which is at Samama Antics. You can go to our Facebook page, which is the Samama Antics podcast. You can go to our uh, Twitter page, which is Samama underscore podcast. You can go to our Twitch page, which doesn't have anything on it, which is uh, Samama underscore podcast. You can go to our sister podcast, which is Murderly Wrote podcast on instagram uh yes and you can send us an email to soundanticspodcast at gmail.com and you can join the conversation on our community discord oh yeah and, forget that one and of course my dad you can also head to acast because we oh. are acast content creators and all that's yes. left to say is we'll chat to you next week maybe if i haven't got covid